0: Thank you, praise team, for leading us this morning. If you got your copy of God's Word, open to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. My own. I asked the question this morning, is Jesus enough? So I thought about what to preach this week for our graduate recognition, I I never want to just alienate a group of people where we don't think what is being preached applies to us. And I believe with the question, it's, a, it's appropriate for each and every person today that sits in this room. Is Jesus enough? Is he truly enough for you? Is he enough for, for everything in your life, or is it Jesus plus something that's going to get you through? You see, many of us today, I think, are, are looking for something more. We want more to this life. There's got to be more than just the hustle and bustle. Self-help books are, 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 are one of the most well-sought-after books out there. People download them. They, they go to the library. Some people still walk in the library and check out books or go into a bookstore or get on Amazon and order them. And, and so we're always looking for something more. But I, I, want you to, I want you to know this morning, I want to ask you a question. If Jesus was all you had, would Jesus be enough for you? If he's all you had, would it be enough? You see, I believe many precious believers are in love with the things of the Lord, but they're not truly in love with the Lord himself. We want the blessings that the Lord gives. We want the, the end result. As I think about you graduates over here, actually, you're not graduated yet, you're almost there. We hope here in just a a few short days, somebody's going to stand on that stage and they're going to say something to the effect of, these graduates have completed all the requirements set forth by the state of Oklahoma and by whatever your high school is, and therefore you are presented for graduation. But today, many people, I believe, want more than what? they have. You see, we, we, we want the end result. We want the graduation without the work. We want the degree without going to class. We want the money without climbing the ladder at work. <laughs> we, we want that house. You know, growing up, I remember we had, our, our parents worked and worked and worked to, to get the things that they The nice things that they had. They didn't have that growing up. But they had to work and work and work. And now we live in a generation that that just wants that nice thing without having to do any of that. This morning, though, I want us to understand. And I want our graduates to understand. I want everybody in here to understand that I truly believe that Jesus really is enough. And until we come to that point where we personally believe that for our life, we're going to continue searching. And and if I could just be so bold to say this, that we are not just going to continue to search, but we're going to continue to be disappointed because all that's left to add to Jesus is the things of this earth. And Scripture is very clear that the things of this world will soon pass away. So this morning we want to take a look at just a couple of verses. The Apostle Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 give you some background on this. The Apostle Paul has what we call, or what he called, a thorn in the flesh. We're not 100% sure what this thorn in the flesh was. Many scholars have thought that it was a, a physical ailment, um, a sickness. Um, there, there's been many, much speculation on, on, on what this thorn in the flesh was, but the Apostle Paul asked God three different times to take that thorn away. And God said no. Okay, can, can, we just, can I just share something with you this morning? Some of y'all are praying and praying and praying, and God's telling you no, and you don't think he's answering your prayer. One of God's answers for us, and this isn't a popular thing it's going to fill pews. It's, it's, a pop, it's not a popular thing, but one of God's answers is no. It is. It, it, he, he'll tell us yes. He'll tell us not yet. Or he'll tell us No. And so, the Apostle Paul here, who wrote most of the New Testament, asked God to take this thorn in the flesh away, and God said no on three different occasions. And so, we're going to pick up here in verse, I want to start, we're going to pick up in verse 9 and really focus on verses 9 and 10 this morning, and I've just got two points. It's really a sentence this morning. Jesus is enough when we realize we're not enough. Jesus becomes enough the moment we realize we are not enough. So let me read this passage to us this morning. If you are able, out of the respect of God's word, would you please stand with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let me pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you just come and, and talk to us this morning? Would you teach us? Would you draw us close to you? Father, Would the, we, we want your Holy Spirit to have freedom to move in this place. And so, Lord, I know I have nothing to offer this morning. I empty me of me, Lord, and I, I just pray that you would fill me up with you. That this congregation would, would hear from you this morning and not just some preacher. Oh, God, we want you to have your way in this place. Bless the reading of your word, Father. And now, Lord, I pray that you would use it to change us and to draw us closer to you. It's in your son's name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're taking notes, first thing this morning is Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. We go back and look in the text at verse 9 here. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus is sufficient. He's enough. In the original language before this was translated into English, the original Greek of this verse reads this. Sufficient for you is the grace of me. Sufficient for you is the grace of me. Better translated is this. Jesus doesn't just say, I give you grace. He says, I am grace. And further still, he not only says, I am grace, but he gives us himself, his presence. So with his presence, we receive his grace. So Jesus becomes enough when we sit in his presence. Think about it this way: Jesus says, "I am sufficient for you." In the Old Testament, many of the Old Testament people know Jesus knew God as I am." Remember back when Moses was, when God was talking to Moses and he said, who, who, should, "Who should I tell it sent me? Who should I tell Pharaoh sent me?" And God says, "I am? I am." We must understand that Jesus also, this is, this is part of the Trinity, Jesus is God. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is the Word? Jesus, yes. Jesus is God, so therefore, Jesus, I am grace. I am grace the grace. I am sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. I am enough for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Make, make, let us understand that, work, that life happens. I remember graduating high school. That's been a long time ago. It gets longer by the day. I didn't ever want to be that old guy that said, I remember what it was like back in my day. No, we didn't have to walk barefoot uphill both ways in the snow to school. But I remember when I I wanted to graduate, I I, I kept thinking, man, I just can't wait till I get 18 and I can graduate and I can just get away from home. Everything's going to be great. And then I moved off to school to a place I didn't know. I knew God had called me there. Had no friends there. Had a roommate who was a different nationality, if I'm being honest with you. Who was a different religion than I was at Oklahoma Baptist University. our our views on life were completely different. And so I I began my college career like that. I ended it, and my my next step was, man, if I could just graduate college and get out and I'll start making the big bucks. By the way, at ministry, you don't make big bucks. Just like being a teacher. Some of y'all want to be teachers. So then I thought, you know what, I placed a lot of emphasis on, man, if I could just get a wife, uh, my wife, and I, I, I leveled this out with God, the church I was serving in, the pastor I was serving with, him and his, he had his wife, he had kids, and, and I just thought, man, you know what, if I had a wife, I could better identify with him, and we could go and hang out, and we could do this, and so it became a point of, God, you're not enough, I need this, and then I met my wonderful wife. And guess what? That didn't satisfy all that desire either. Then it was God, okay, now we need kids. And God ended up giving us two wonderful kids. Polar opposites of each other, by the way. Be careful what you ask for. But can I tell you, even after I had kids, it didn't fulfill everything I desired. Simply because I was trying to fill it with things that were not Jesus. Students, life is going to happen. I know you're, and I'm not telling you not to be excited about the next period of your life, because you should be. You've worked hard to get here. You've worked hard, most of you, to get where you are today you're going to work hard in that next chapter, and and you should always be striving. We should always be thinking about that next level. But we also must understand this, that God doesn't promise us tomorrow. He doesn't promise us to, to get out of this service. He doesn't promise us anything beyond this second right now. And so if we're always unhappy, if we're always not content, if we're always looking for Jesus plus something, we're going to be sorely disappointed every day. Jesus says, I am sufficient for you. His presence is sufficient. Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus after his crucifixion and resurrection, he's speaking to the disciples and he's giving them what we know as the great commission. And in verse 20 he says this, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So no matter where you go in life, no matter what happens in life, you can know that you've got somebody who's always got your back. As a believer, as a child of God, you have the God of angel armies on your side. That doesn't mean mean life's not going to stink at some point. Doesn't mean you're going to get the highest paying job. Doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. But what it does mean is that when life does stink, when the valleys do come and they will, that you've got somebody who not only walks with you, but he has gone before you and he is there to protect you and and, and take care of you. His presence is sufficient for us. If we look back at the, the text here, The Apostle Paul here says in verse 10, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. Adults, let me ask you this. Are you content in life? Are you content with where you are in life? If not, if if we're just honest, if we're not, it's because we're missing something. And as believers, we can still be missing the presence of Jesus we can go about our daily walk, we can go about our life, and we can continue to chase after the things of this world and try to add Jesus plus something. But the apostle here knows. He says, I am content for the sake of Christ then with my weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and and calamities. He says, no matter what comes my way, I am content because he is sufficient. I believe when Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus says, if you will come to me and truly give me your life, don't don't just give me lip service, but give me your life, you will never be thirsty again. You'll be content. But he only becomes enough whenever we realize that we're not enough. Jesus becomes enough whenever I realize I am not enough. Men, a lot of men are going to tune me out right now. Because by golly, we don't need any help. And by golly, I can do it all myself. That's how we're wired. But the truth is, that gets more men in trouble. The Apostle Paul here says, Listen. He, th- you're talking about a man, a man. I mean, this guy was a murderer. He, he would walk up to people and he would have them stoned. He would have them killed for following Christ. This is before Jesus touched him, came to him on the, on the road and changed his life. And now you're talking about a man, he, he was the man that they all feared. He was the man that they all came to as the he was the man's man. And, and, and he comes now and says, Listen, I'm weak. I've got something wrong. I need Jesus, and Jesus is enough, and because he is enough, I will boast all the more in my weaknesses. (laughs) Doesn't mean he's super jazzed about his weaknesses, by the way. He's not asking, oh, God, give me weaknesses. That's not what he's asking. That'd be foolish. But he's saying, you know what, no matter what comes my way, Our Heavenly Father has told me my power is made perfect in your weakness. So the moment we step back and we say, you know what? I am not enough. God's power is perfected in us. His presence in our life perfects His power in our life. You see, someone once said, when you have nothing left but God, you become aware that God is enough. This word perfect in this passage. His power is made perfect. It doesn't mean what we might think it means. It means complete. It means finished. It's the same word that Jesus used on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 30, that when he said tetelestai. It is finished. His, 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 power, is, is, his, his power is made complete in us. God brings Himself to the relationship, and His all sufficient, powerful grace is what He brings. All we bring is our weakness, and all of His grace He gives us is not because we've done anything to deserve it, but simply because He loves us. There's not a person in this place this morning, friends, that brings anything to the table for God. That is worth anything. (gasps) How dare me. You say, "You, you don't know me. You don't know what I've got. You know what? God does. But the fact is, even though all we bring is grace, all we bring, all we bring is our weakness, all we bring is our sin, all we bring is us, He loves us anyway. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Listen, if we want to live by God's sufficient grace, we won't catch it falling from the sky as you rush off to your next task. You won't receive it as your mind drifts off to your plan for how to solve your own problems. You won't get your dose in the drive-thru of the spiritual pharmacy. You won't get it by, by just coming to church for an hour each week because He is the grace. We need Him and His presence. And let me tell you, it is available every single day. So what am I saying this morning? What do I mean when I say Jesus is enough? I mean He is my supreme treasure. I mean He's my greatest joy. I mean, he's the reward of the gospel. I mean, he satisfies my deepest needs and longings. Jesus is more than we could ever want, and he's more than we could ever need. Jesus is the source of my truest identity and my greatest hope. Giving Jesus all we have is our delight and the wisest of all investments. If all else is lost, but we still have Jesus, we have everything. The real issue is not that we blatantly seek to replace Jesus in our life, but the truth is we try to add stuff to him. We have the mindset of the old bumper sticker that says Jesus is my co-pilot. Jesus isn't your co-anything. He's either Lord or he's not. And that's his desire is to be Lord over everything. You see, we don't just try to add bad things to Jesus. We I mean some of us try to add good things to Jesus. But the truth is, Jesus and Jesus alone is truly enough in this life. Not Jesus plus prosperity. Not Jesus plus love. Not Jesus plus happiness. Not Jesus plus church. Not Jesus plus anything this world has to offer. Just Jesus. Jesus. plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He's enough for your salvation. He's enough to be your friend. He's enough to walk with you through your problems and your situations. He's enough to get you through the darkest days of your life. And he's enough to stand with you on the mountaintops as well and celebrate with you. He's enough. I'm okay with just Jesus. How about you? Would you stand with me this morning? Is he enough for you? Only you can answer that. I can't answer it for you. I would have already answered it for you, friend. I would have, I would have said, yep, he's enough for each one of you. You gotta make that personal this morning. You gotta say, yes, he's enough. That's all I need. That's all I want. your choice. Say, Jared, how do I do that? If you've never asked him to be a part of your life, you say something as simple as this in a prayer. You say, I don't even know how to pray. Can I tell you something? It's just talking to God. And here's the great thing. He hears us when we talk to him. And he answers us. So all you got to do is say something just like this. God, I need you. You are enough for my life and my salvation, I need you. If you say something like that to him, I believe wholeheartedly. Scripture tells us through that belief, he'll save you. My personal quiet times right now, I'm just going through all the gospels and, and looking at the healings of Jesus. Oh, there's some amazing stories in the gospels of Jesus healing people. But over and over and over, I see this line in the Gospels when Jesus heals somebody. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your faith in Him can make you well eternally as well. By calling on Him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to follow Him this morning in salvation. Maybe you just need to come and say, God... I don't know what life holds. I'm not content where I'm at, but I want to be. So you're enough. But I need you to show me you're enough. I think sometimes we feel like we can't be real with God. I've been to a point, folks, where I've said, God, I need you to show up today. I need to know you're real. Can you hear me? So, oh, You're the preacher. Hey, I'm just being real with you this morning. God, if you don't show up today, I've had people sit in congregations that came to church, said, God, if you don't show up today in my life, I'm going to go and kill myself afterwards. They've come to me and they've said, you said this in the message. You were talking right to me. You looked at me. I said, I don't have a clue you were sitting there. I said, God showed up in my life, and that's the only reason why I'm still here. <laughs> I can't manipulate it can't make you the Holy Spirit is calling you today